Welcome to the Core Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote local creative businesses and people. I am your host, Geraldine Hennessy from Flux Learning, and today I am in the fabulous Fernhill House Hotel and Gardens to chat to seaweed artists Orla and Armand from Farga. After discovering the beauty of pressed seaweed, what began as a hobby in February 2022 has now turned into a successful craft business. Orla and Armand carefully and sustainably forage lovely specimens from the beaches of West Cork before bringing them home, cleaning them and then pressing them on watercolour paper. They revel in the impatient excitement with every reveal and the beauty of this most natural end product. In this episode, we chat to Orla and Armand about the patience required for turning a piece of nature into a piece of art, the wonders of this multifaceted yet underrated element of our coastal landscapes and the importance of passion, giving things a go and the support of family and friends. You're very welcome to the Core Creative Podcast, Orla and Armand. Thank you very much. Thank you very thanks, much. Thanks for inviting us. So can you tell us a little about yourselves and how you first became involved in working with seaweed as an artistic medium? Is it a, it's a very, I suppose, unique raw material? Well, I suppose like everybody in COVID was scrolling mad on the Instagram and, mm. you know, the, uh, those posts, the sponsored posts, one in particular was seaweed, uh, art pressings okay. or whatever. And it, it immediately piqued my interest and, um, I just thought it was really unusual and, you know, clicked into it, obviously. And I thought I could give this a go myself just as, you know, something to do and possibly as maybe gifts for friends because I'd started um, sea dipping as well, of course, you know, like everybody else during (laughs) COVID. And um, so I I gave it a go. Like when I started, it was just with um, encyclopedias that that was the way to, to press the the seaweed onto the the watercolor paper and um the results weren't too bad mm-hmm. one of the friends in particular that I gave it to she was like you know you, you really should consider this as a business thing and at the time it was just like not not a hope mm-hmm. just no interest in a business and um I suppose what was it maybe a year or two later I met Armand and I happened to show him <laughs> some of the pressings mm-hmm. and he was immediately interested oh, yeah. and wanted to, <laughs> to know more. So we, mm. we, I took him to a, a beach. I suppose it was considered a date at the time. Mm. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and, uh, well, I, I kind of went from there. Uh, she showed me uh, adults, uh, you know, uh, mm. so everybody knows that everybody sees it on the beach, mm. but once it was in the paper, like indeed, immediately I knew there was something special there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, yeah, let's do some more, of course. Mm-hmm. And after that, we started picking more species and, and we had the interest also on discovering the seaweed species. On and on, step by step, we, the horizon got a bit wider you know mm-hmm. so in terms of uh, what do we pick uh, etc get getting to discover just by touching on the on the beach and looking what what we could press oh that would be nice that would be great etc mm. and then on and on after we went home we were discovering the species as well mm-hmm. uh, and we had um, more knowledge about what we were picking mm-hmm. how to pick them as well how to okay. press them yeah that's something actually that we discovered mostly by trying. Like Orla said, the, the first one we, we 
put them between cardboards in books. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then we got some real presses uh, made out of wood, uh, and then a bit like flower presses. Mm -hmm. So that's that was the discovery part, and then kind of went from there. Then, and I suppose you know we got encouragement from friends and family, mm -hmm. and we did um, a local market in our local village uh, last year, and that's where we really thought, okay. This could be something. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where everything originated. Okay, okay, okay. So you produce both seaweed pressings and seaweed prints. Can you tell us a little about your products? Uh, yeah, sure. So we, the first things that we did indeed was pressings, mm -hmm. only pressings. We foraged them on the, on the beaches of West Cork. Mm -hmm. Basically, we go uh, to the beach and uh, we follow the tide uh, to in order to to pick up the washed up seaweed. Okay. Uh, all the seaweed that are washed off on the on the on the shores, basically, that are not on the rocks, mm -hmm. uh, not uh, growing anymore. Then we take them home, we wash them, we put them in a press, mm -hmm. and after well, a week or so, sometimes it's longer. Uh, they're ready. So we press them on watercolor paper. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, the goal uh, when we put them in the press, it's a bit like a flower uh, flower pressing. However, the big difference is that they are really wet when mm -hmm. we put them in the press. So we have to dry them uh, evenly. And that's the whole difficulty is uh, the seaweed has to dry evenly with the paper. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have to take care of that. So regularly, we open the press. Look at uh, look at it. Uh, if we need to change the paper, we need to change the paper, and then prints. The prints came after. We would have our favorites mm -hmm. that we you know sometimes we'd get a nice surprise actually when when we open the press and we're like oh my god this is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we we um, have a lovely guy in Cork who has um, a professional scanner. Okay, and he would do scans of the the seaweeds that we like, and um, we print them then ourselves. Okay, on hemp paper which okay. is a sustainable uh paper yeah so we, we kind of have like a, a 2022 range and a 2023 okay our favorites from 2023 <laughs> yeah and and we've gotten great great feedback as well okay. like okay. people really seem to like our our choices can you share some insights into the process of pressing seaweed and turning it into art you you, you said there about the the difficulties with um trying to get it to dry properly it goes in wet does it into the into the press Yes, when you collect the seaweed, uh, when it's wet but outside the water, it tends to stay in pack. Oh yes, um, okay. And you can't really lay it properly on the paper. Mm -hmm. So what you do, you you put them in an oven tray, mm -hmm. a shallow tray, with the paper and the seaweed together, mm -hmm. so that it can have shallow layer of water. Mm -hmm. So enough to have the seaweed move freely, let's say, on the paper. And okay. then you lay it out. Uh, that's the moment when there is a bit of patience required. Okay. <laughs> uh, this doesn't sound like something I could do. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It can actually be quite therapeutic. Yes. <laughs> it is. Like, uh, the people that we do workshop with, yeah. uh, they, they find it extremely relaxing. And usually, so we start by making, you know, explanations about the seaweeds and they have plenty of questions. And when they start the process of pressing uh, in that oven tray, 
generally there is a, a silence mm. that settles. Sounds very relaxing. <laughs> And I suppose, yeah, the, the other big thing is the actual drawing, like getting it to dry evenly mm-hmm. um, and depending on the seaweed itself, because some seaweeds are thicker, obviously, mm. than others. You have some that are nice and thin that will, will readily stick to the page, but then mm. there's others that will require a bit longer in the press mm-hmm. and getting them to dry evenly can be a bit, uh, a bit of a struggle, I suppose, sometimes. Okay. Mm. But um, we're kind of constantly learning fine-tuning the process exactly Mm. and i suppose the big thing is actually regularly changing the newspaper Mm -hmm. that we use to kind of absorb the water and the process are changing anyway you know Uh, from time to time we notice that uh, there is something available that could fit for this purpose or Mm. this purpose like we very recently actually uh, we just bought some new paper uh, to make oh, yeah. some uh, bigger mm-hmm. uh, pressings in A3 size. Mm-hmm. And this is a whole, you know, learning journey, I okay. suppose. Yeah, yeah, okay. And how long does it take to dry? Again, depending on the seaweed, yeah. um, some can take a week, two weeks, can take up to two months. Again, depending if a seaweed is, again, that bit thicker, comes out a bit warped, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, we might re-wet it okay. and try and um, get a flat. It doesn't always work. Okay. The, the, it's a bit of everything, actually. You have also to take into account the, um, the size of the seaweed uh, compared to the size of the paper, because if you have a small seaweed for a big paper, generally the seaweed will not have enough strength to warp the paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh if, however, you have a, mm. a seaweed that goes almost to the extremities of the paper, mm. there is a big chance that it uh, might uh, warp it. Uh, again, as Orla said, the thickness of the seaweed is mm. uh, something. Um, some also press because there is the um, texture of it. Uh, some are thick, but mm. they actually press quite good. And some are thick, but they are very hard, extremely mm. rigid. Is there a particular type of seaweed that works better? I suppose definitely the flatter seaweeds, um, for example, I suppose red comb is uh, mm. a nice example. Um, very kind of fine filigree type leaves. Okay. Now this, I suppose it takes a while to, to you know, when it's in the water to get it all out and mm-hmm. the way you want it, but it does press very well mm-hmm. once it does come out, you know, and very, I suppose, minimal warping um, and it always looks good, you know. Okay. You have to get it when it's just fresh out of the water is it so if it's if it's anyway dried out in the beach it's it's no good just that it has to be kind of fresh out of the water you can try to wet it again mm-hmm. uh, however the result is not guaranteed okay. it's gonna be it's uh, when it's dried like this almost uh, all the time it will break anyway. okay uh, so depends how dry they are i suppose as well mm-hmm. um because some things you can certainly re- rehydrate <laughs> and they're not too bad, but then. But we do, yeah. We, we, we do have our favorites. The red weed, yes, uh, like Carla said, that mm. is a very good example because we love not only the color of it, but also the shape. It has all these very fine hooks mm. all along the branches that's really like um, if someone drew it for hours and yeah. hours. Like if I were to do it myself, I would spend probably the days to mm. reproduce the, mm. the same little and people do mistake it a lot of people are like oh is this a watercolor mm. painting and mm. they're like nope it's the real real pressed seaweed 
And is there is there particular beaches or strands that you tend to favor that are produce the better seaweed? Um, I suppose the big beaches like in Chidani where you'd love to find something is always very clean mm-hmm. and red strand, like, you mm. know, the popular beaches where people might be like, oh yeah, I'd love something from there. Mm. Um, but actually it's the small co- smaller coves and smaller beaches where things kind of get washed up and kind of stay there mm-hmm. um, with the tides. So Dunneen would be a favorite beach for us. It's mm-hmm. near Dunmore Hotel. Um, Barry's Cove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too sure if many people know of it, but it's a gorgeous little mm-hmm. cove near near Ring and Clannacilty. Mm-hmm. Garrettstown actually is quite good. Oh. Yeah. And that's a big beach, mm. but um, we found lots of nice things there. Mm, mm, mm. And I think the furthest we've been is kind of past Castletown Bear, mm-hmm. um, a beautiful beach called Garnish. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had found some really lovely things there. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic, actually. We went there only once, mm-hmm. but it was the the, the sand was so fine. Mm. The, like the, the landscape is absolutely gorgeous. We had the best afternoon there yeah. mm. uh, because the, the location was really beautiful mm. and mm. and the uh, and of course, the, the pastime is, is also beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Foraging, yeah, is great because like you're out, out in nature, mm. out in the elements um, and uh, getting to experience, you know, beautiful beaches. Mm, mm, um, yeah, sure. It's, it's our happy place, I suppose. Very good. Very good. And what are some unique challenges or considerations when working with seaweed mm-hmm. compared to other art materials? It's a natural product, so I'd imagine there are complications with that. You, mm. you mentioned some of them yes. there. Yeah. Uh, well, first, uh, for some of the species, and it depends again, like uh, it's also experience, but you realize that time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. So when you forage them, you have for some of them 12 hours to press them. Otherwise, okay. it will leak on the paper mm-hmm. uh, because they're going to become spongy and, and they're going to start to decay very, very quickly. Okay. Uh, so that's the, the first thing. And to know also which ones have a tendency to decay or not. We have, uh, for instance, again, our red comb the plocamium, is uh, very fine, mm-hmm. but curiously also extremely resistant to time. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. You mm-hmm. have to do everything in Yeah, make, sure, make sure you have the, the time mm-hmm. set aside so to do it. Yeah. Basically, when we do one batch, it, it takes a, a whole day, Okay. Uh, okay. actually. Because in the, like in the morning we we would go there, and we stay two hours or more on the beach. When the time comes to press them, we have to wash them, take care of them, take all, take out all the materials, and then press them one by one, etc. So it takes an entire day. Mm-hmm. And then the other challenge is the recognition of the seaweed itself on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it comes also with the experience, but you have to know. We had our, our experience taking some of them home and they were absolutely impossible to press. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some that were too thick, too too big. Uh, they were... Impressible. <laughs> <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. There is a very good book, actually, Seaweed of Britain and Ireland, which uh, is making you, uh, uh, showing you a list of seaweed and describes all the different texture or how mm. they are reproduced and everything. But we had to try everything by ourselves. It was a whole uh, uh, discovery journey as well for that. Mm. Is that we, we had to touch, we had to try, we, might, we had to make errors. 
Uh, it took a lot of time actually, and mm. during almost an entire year, we didn't really show it to anyone. We didn't sell anything, and we didn't. We we were just making that at home. Yeah, uh, making all the mistakes yeah. first. Mm. Exactly. So no, the, we you, still make mistakes, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> but that's part and parcel of it as such. Okay, and in in terms of say, like after the it, you turn it into these art pieces. Is there any issues with the, um, them lasting or do they, do they stay in good condition for a finite amount of time or? So the shape stays for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose what we recommend with, with the real seaweed pressings is that um, our customers don't place them in direct sunlight. Okay. No, again, depends totally on the seaweed, mm-hmm. but um, they more than likely will change cover, color over time. Okay. The green seaweeds, especially like sea lettuce and things mm. like that, they look amazing when they're pressed first, mm. but they can fade really, really quickly, they, okay. unfortunately. So mm. we do make prints of those. So you'll have them forever, mm. obviously, but um, unfortunately they don't, they don't hold their color. And that's kind of with most green, mm. green seaweeds. Okay. Uh, whereas the reds do hold their color. Mm-hmm. Now, there will be some color change as well over time, but mm. they can actually improve. They can, you know, get nice pinks or whatever. Mm. And there's a certain um, seaweed called purple laver, mm-hmm. which is actually generally brown when we pick it up. But it, it turns this incredible purple color oh, over time. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty cool. And that doesn't need even any sunlight. No. So we kept one in a book from May to October and mm. five months uh, it went from completely brown because mm. I was like, we're never, patches. we're never going to sell that. The brown, I like it personally because it looks a bit like copper or something. Okay. Like. So you see, that it's all about the taste and mm. everything. So mm. because we we have our favorites and they are not necessarily the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the 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 transformation into purple is absolutely extraordinary. I have to say, this is something that we so. Only with this seaweed. Mm. The, the others, they would need an external factor okay. to change. Okay. So like sunlight or humidity or something like that. This one doesn't need anything. It's kept in a book and it turns by itself mm. uh, from brown to purple. And it's some kind of magic. And do you know magic. why? Not yet. No. Uh, no, <laughs> we, the research we, requires. <laughs> we have to do the research, yeah, yes, yeah. because we are in contact from time to time to check our uh, species identifications mm. with um, someone from the University of Galway. Okay. Uh, so he's retired now, but he's absolutely passionate about seaweed. So maybe in the future, I will be able to You'll be <laughs> tell you the answer. When, the when... seaweed encyclopedia. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, actually, that, that's something uh, from our island is that it's one of the best known and best studied uh, shore in in the world for seaweed oh really yes ficology is actually quite strong in ireland yes and it's kind of funny like when i think of seaweed like from when i was young you know i'd be like who judging the seaweed oh, because yeah. of what's in the seaweed <laughs> you know? but like when i was looking at your prints they were just they were absolutely beautiful you know and it's it's that transformation from something in my you know in my head from something that i was like what's in that run around it uh, <laughs> to something quite beautiful and isn't that fantastic and this is what we're kind of hoping to do as well as, you know, make people aware that seaweed is a beautiful mm, thing. Mm, and mm. Um, hopefully in the future, it'll actually be 
a big part of our lives mm. from a sustainability point of view, mm. an environmental yeah, point of view. That's something that is actually uh, like became a bit one of the goals, even if at the start we had no uh, intention of, you know, changing the perception of seaweed. Mm. We, 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 we didn't aim at uh, changing the perception of seaweed, but we realized that there was a world behind seaweed mm. so much bigger than what uh, we do uh, just the both of us like mm. we, we we discovered so we met last june the author of the seaweed revolution vincent okay. Mesel, mm -hmm. and he's promoting seaweed uh, all, all over the world as food and for bioplastics mm. and for skincare from so many different applications uh, that were actually um, a discovery for mm. us mm. Uh, and in that movement because it's growing fast mm. there is an explosion of interest about seaweed mm. he and we think that art uh, can really change the perception of seaweed yeah. from something that is a bit a disturbance of the beach uh, when you go swimming uh, yeah. you know you want to have your, the water a bit like a swimming pool clear, a yeah. giant swimming yeah. pool for yourself <laughs> yes exactly yeah. and in the end uh, we, we give a new perception so it's not only a great art material, it's also um, a source of food that could solve a lot of issues. Okay. Uh, because it's not, it doesn't need any fresh water, mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't need any fertilizer or pesticides and things like that. Uh, it is seen as a great complement okay. of food. It's full of protein, it's full of nutrients, it's full of vitamins, it's full of uh, iodine as well. Mm -hmm. So good for your thyroid. Mm -hmm. You can't eat too much of it. Okay. Uh, but it's, a, it's seen as one of the great food of the future. Okay. It's sustainable to grow. Mm -hmm. In the whole process of promoting seaweed, mm. art is a way to change the perception of seaweed. Why? Because when you want to make people eat seaweed mm -hmm. when you want to create a demand the only thing is that it is seen at the moment by most uh, of something a bit repulsive so not only they don't want to swim next to it but uh, let alone they don't uh, want to eat it <laughs> eat, want to eat it well i However, have eaten it yeah <laughs> well, i didn't mind it, oh actually. what did you try Dolph. Yeah, 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 yeah. We tried that as well, and it's, uh, it's kind of salty. Yeah. It's kind of a salty kind of taste. Exactly. Yeah. So it has this uh, umami taste mm. that we as Europeans don't really have. Mm -hmm. We're not really used to it. It's more uh, Asian taste. Mm -hmm. The whole goal uh, is to promote a sustainable food. Mm -hmm. uh, try to make people used to the idea mm -hmm. of this sustainable food. Try to introduce it in the plates of the people, mm -hmm. uh, and slowly, slowly, uh, yeah, introduce it in our daily lives. And in this process, art can change the perception of seaweed yeah. as something beautiful mm -hmm. as something a bit more appetizing mm -hmm. and it is actually you know uh, like beautiful and mm. appetizing mm. and uh, we are only missing that yeah, yeah. Uh, at the moment the, the problem is that if the perception was a bit different we would be already eating mm. it i think it's like everything you know like uh, every culture has its food mm -hmm. so i'm french mm -hmm. 
uh, Orla wouldn't eat uh, maybe snails or something like mm. that. And it's only cultural. I, mm. I've eaten it when I was a kid, so I, I'm used to it. Mm. Uh, if you are used to eat seaweed uh, when you're a kid, then you will eat it as you're an adult. Yeah. So watch out the space for seaweed. <laughs> yes. Like, there are so many applications. And uh, so the, where we went, uh, so this uh, first Algae Awareness Summit in Paris, mm -hmm. Uh, we saw so many different applications. So mm. there the, the was bioplastic, mm -hmm. bioplastic that disintegrates in four to six weeks. Okay. So that means you can use this plastic one. There, there was the demonstration a bit of uh, you, you have your sauce, uh, your olive oil or ketchup, mm. uh, whatever you, you want in, in, in a small plastic bag like mm. this that you can, uh, you can pour and eat. It's edible. It's actually something that they used already uh, in the London Marathon. Okay. They replaced all the plastic cups yeah. by this bioplastics full of water. Okay. And basically, there was no waste. Gosh, yeah. So that was an incredible change. Mm. A whole event like this that uh, usually uh, you would find thousands of plastic cups all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Suddenly, puff, disappeared. Oh my gosh, yeah. So it's, it's about, I suppose, from your point of view, about perception, but changing the perception of seaweed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So are there any particular techniques or methods you use to preserve the color and texture of the seaweed in your artwork? There actually isn't. Nothing. It's just not. It's just it's, it's waiting. Just, yeah, exactly. Um, the color is the seaweed's own. Mm. You know, we don't add anything. People are like, you know, is that the real color? And we're like, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Texture, yeah, the texture again is just the seaweeds, the seaweeds own. We don't okay. do anything to it. Okay, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. The difficulty, I suppose, is to show in 2D what you have in 3D. In yes, yeah. So we have to uh, lay it out so that you can have the impression that you see the seaweed in the water a bit. Mm -hmm. and th sometimes we do because it is in this oven tray that we talked before. It is a bit swimming mm. in, the, in the oven tray. Uh, we, on the paper, sometimes it still looks like it's still floating. Mm -hmm. For the texture, I suppose, also just be very delicate because you don't want to read. Some are extremely fragile. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some of the seaweed have only one layer of cells. Okay. There is one called the uh, flat tongue weed, for instance. It's so fine that even when it's on the paper, when you pass your finger like this, it disappears completely. The okay. texture is, it's almost as if it wasn't there. That's why people sometimes think it's a drawing mm. or a painting. With these ones, you have to be extremely, extremely um, careful not to rip them off. Okay. Okay. Does the end piece that you envisage dictate the type of pieces you forage? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like I suppose, as I was saying earlier, one of our favorites is red comb weed. Mm. Uh, another one would be beautiful fan weed. And like, they're kind of like the ones that we really look out for mm. on the beach. And are they common? Well, I was actually foraging this morning mm. <laughs> and, um, didn't come across a whole lot of either of them, to be <laughs> honest. So definitely, I think there's certain times of the year that are better for certain seaweeds. Mm -hmm. um, there's one called Sea Beach, which can be really, really beautiful. It's like this vibrant pink solid leaf, I suppose, for mm -hmm. want of a better description. But that's kind of more the springtime of the year. You'd, you'd find better pieces. 
this time of the year as well, things have been battered about, mm. you know, and looking a bit rough. <laughs> so uh, I didn't find exactly what I was looking for this morning. Somebody's commissioned us to do a piece. Oh, nothing. So I was looking for a particular species, all right. But um, I was told when I got home that this, this won't do. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, it's uh, someone who wants to make a, a gift for a, for a wedding. Mm hmm. We have our way to do shapes and writings mm. with seaweed as well. So we make special commissions yeah. sometimes. And the red comb with, so it would be a very common uh, seaweed. Actually, mm. it's everywhere on the shore, but they are sometimes very difficult to spot. Okay. And that's because usually you would see the big brown ones, you know, the, the serrated racks. Mm. Uh, you would see the kelps. Uh, they are enormous, but you have to come and look closer. So in these big packs of uh, serrated rack, you have to open them also a bit. You know, okay. to, so you have to put your hands in the skin <laughs> to discover them. Uh, that's our skincare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need any lodge in Spanish, Johnny. <laughs> no. You've got your own little seaweed bath going on there. <laughs> How do you see the connection between nature, sustainability and your artwork? The first connection with uh, the, the, the nature and sustainability, I would say that in seaweed art, what, what we do uh, is that we, we collect uh, spe specimens that are washed off. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit like the, the old specimen, if you want, uh, that are uh, taken from the rocks and washed off on, mm -hmm. the, on the beach. So basically what they would do if we didn't use them, would, they, they would just decay mm -hmm. uh, in the water. So it is useful because uh, the seaweed that are decaying as you uh, as nutrients mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they are transforming nutrients. But we collect only certain specimens and only in a certain state of their life. Okay. And the other thing is that even for the prints or the frames or like uh, all the products that we made, we have a very low impact. Mm -hmm. and, and the process itself, it's not all machines. And exactly. Just... That's another thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. We do uh, everything by hand. Mm -hmm. There's no machine. Uh, it's uh, elbow grease. <laughs> 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 uh, so we, we have, yeah, next to zero impact, I would say. And as well as through markets, you sell your products through local craft shops like La Kayla, Arts and Domanway and Forest and Flock and Bantry. How important is establishing relationships with local shops and do you hope to sell through more shops in the future? It's um, quite important mm -hmm. um, and we have established like lovely relationships with, with the owners and managers of these shops mm -hmm. and they're actually really helpful. I suppose they give great feedback mm -hmm. and they, they kind of know what's what. They tell us straight out, look, this is going to work. This isn't going to work, you mm -hmm. know, and they give us ideas. You know, it's one of our first shops, which unfortunately is no longer well designed. Bonnie, the owner there, mm -hmm. she was fantastic at the beginning of our, mm -hmm. our business journey and really gave us lots of like invaluable advice. Um, I suppose one of the main things was, you know, and I suppose this is true of all shops is, you know, have your branding right. Mm -hmm. If you want to... Uh, mm -hmm to succeed, mm. have that ready to go, um, have your story, you know, mm. your backstory, people like that a lot. Mm. But yeah, I have to say we, we've had some lovely experiences with, with our shops. And of course, we'd love to be in many more, mm. but um, we're really happy at the moment with, with who we're stocked with. Okay. 
we're recently being stocked in um, Annabelle Langrish's oh, shop yes. in Kinmare. Oh, lovely, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're quite excited about that one. Very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as a couple who recently set up your business, what have been the most important factors in getting your venture off the ground? Um, I suppose for us, really, it was our family and friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. encouraging yes. us. Encouragement and support of everyone around us, yes, uh, like the family indeed, uh, like our last father helped us to uh, make the first presses. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, he's very handy. He <laughs> is, uh, and to make some boards, to have them displayed, you know, okay. in a beautiful way that's really making a difference yeah, on the market. absolutely. And also just for letting us... I suppose developed a business because we're living with them at the moment, okay. my, my mom and dad, and they've just been very patient, I suppose, <laughs> is the word. They're, they're great for the feedback as well. Um, and I suppose actually the, the local enterprise board mm. has been great as well. We, we did the start your own business course mm-hmm. with them and they set us up with a mentor as well, who I suppose her, her field was the creative craft mm. side. She was fantastic. Uh, with her advice as well, that really, really helped us. Okay. And how's it like working together as a couple? That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had any major falling out yet. We have, we have, we have a great team. We have a great team. <laughs> like we complete actually each other. Mm. Uh, even if the the creative process, like uh, when I do things, uh, sometimes it will be someone taste, and uh, when she does something, that would be someone else taste. So, mm. yeah. for instance, yeah. Orla, she has this great instinctive way of making abstract pressings mm. that are speaking to people. Mm. Yeah. And we kind of both have our jobs as well, like, you know, when we're putting our prints together or mm. you know like all the you'll do the printing and the cutting and the the bits that I hate basically yeah. and I'll, I'll do the <laughs> <laughs> the writing and the putting all the bits together you know like the, the, the so you know, basically it's like I'll do the pieces I want to do and you can do the rest because <laughs> exactly. like again like if I can avoid a computer I'll do it at all okay. costs as well okay. so <laughs> very good very good you haven't killed each other yet, so that's a good thing. So it's a good sign, yeah. <laughs> and what piece of advice would you give to anyone else deciding to set up in business? I think you need to be passionate about mm. what you're doing. Mm. Because if that's not mm. there, I don't think you'll last, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I know we're still very new, mm. but we love, we love what we're doing. Mm. And I suppose we're lucky that it does you know, bring us outdoors and you've all that side of oh, it. Yeah. But we still get excited, you know, when we when we go to open the press um, yes. to see how, how, it turns how like, I mean, it's not always great, <laughs> <laughs> but there's always a few good ones, you know. Yeah. Um, but we still have that that excitement, you know, when we go to open the press. Yes. Um, so I would say, yeah, you need to, to, to love what you're doing. Okay. And I suppose, yeah, again, the family support, family and friends support is 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 quite, mm. you know, I, I find I really value that. Okay. To have a good support system there. Don't be afraid to try things, mm-hmm. uh, to go shake hands as well. Mm. Uh, because sometimes we only, you know, went to a shop to say hello. And mm. there was this one time we were coming back from Castleton Beret. I see... 
you know, the sign at Regal Arts. Mm. Just out of curiosity, I enter the shop and then we talk and, and that's it. Mm, yeah. And that's how we enter the, the shop, mm. really. Like sometimes you just need to say hello to mm. people and, yeah. and they are actually very encouraging. So mm. if you have something and you kind of think, oh, maybe people won't like that, you know, just try it once, try yeah. it twice. You don't ask. Yeah, uh, exactly. Mm. And we have... We have had other experiences with shops who say no, you know, mm. and it's okay. Like uh, we don't need to be necessarily everywhere. It has been uh, a journey of rediscovering ourselves because okay. I was not the kind of man at all who would, you know, go randomly to people and say, hi, mm -hmm. I'm making this. Do you want to? <laughs> you know, it pushed you out of your comfort zone. But yeah. yeah. And that's the worst thing they can say is, is no. Yeah, and like, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. Try things with people, try things with your art, because we made also plenty of experiments. Some mm. worked, some didn't. And in the end, we expanded so much the horizons of things that we did in the first place. So. What are your future plans? I suppose to steadily grow the business. Mm. I'd love to kind of explore the whole side of potentially using the seaweed prints on other textiles mm -hmm. so um we're not exactly sure yet on which ones but um i'd love to use them in that way mm -hmm. i suppose stationery interests mm -hmm. me quite mm -hmm. a bit but uh it's just to do the research yeah. so that'd be a road that i'd like to go down there's a big bold seaweed world out there so that you there, is. there is yes yes, yes. Mm -hmm. and um for us as a business let's say we, we 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 really want to keep doing the workshops because they're encouraging us as well to to keep going with our art uh, we we meet people who know nothing about seaweed basically mm. like most of the time uh, out of i would say nine out of ten people know nothing about seaweed and they go from the workshops knowing uh, at least three, four names. Uh, they would recognize them on the beach. They would be able to press them. That's actually fantastic to see, you know, how seaweed art could be expanded mm. like this. So we, we really like to to continue the workshop. We're, we are actually uh, uh, going to do some in both Lecailer Arts uh, in Delmanwe mm. and in Annabelle Langrish in uh, Ahakista. And we are trying new things as well, uh, pressing-wise. That's also uh, an experiment yes. okay. only at the moment. Okay. So, well, thank you so much, Orla and Arman, for taking the time to chat to us in Cork Creative. If you'd like to learn more about Farraga and their very unique pieces of a local art, you can find links to them on our website, corkcreative.ie. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much.